from San Diego, California, it's the Frug Life Podcast with your host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frug Life. You know, I'm subscribed to countless emailing lists. And actually, before we get into the heart of today's topic, right off the bat, if you don't already have an email for junk mail, you should set one up. I have a Gmail account just for junk. I can give my email address away without any problem. And actually, using Google Voice, I have a phone number as well that I give away no issue. So I don't worry about getting spammed on my cell phone. So before the episode even begins, two quick tips for you. But anyways, I am on so many emailing lists. I get so many emails from all sorts of people. Tim Ferriss, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, and more. And recently, I got an email from Robert Kurosaki. So let me share some of that email with you. I learned the difference between cash flow investing and capital gains investing from a herd of cows. And Robert goes on to explain that as he was a kid, his dad, his rich dad, he's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, in case you didn't know, about how he went to a cattle ranch. And he saw that the cows were being taken away to a slaughterhouse. And then his dad, his rich dad, took him to a dairy farm to show him the milking cows. And he said those cows behaved very differently. The financial lesson rich dad wanted us to learn was that while the cattle rancher and the dairy farmer count their cattle as assets, they treat their assets differently. They operate via different business models. Simply put, a cattle rancher can be compared to a person who invests for capital gains. He has to keep finding and raising new cows. It's nonstop. A dairy farmer is more like an investor who invests for cash flow. He only needs to maintain his cows. It's much easier work. One of the reasons so many people lose so much money investing or think that investing is risky is because they invest like ranchers. They invest to slaughter rather than to milk. And then Robert ends it saying, I invest to milk. Milk makes ice cream. Thanks, Robert. Now, I think to somebody who raises dairy cows for a living, I think they probably would take offense to Robert's comparison here. And that saying that having dairy cows is easier work than being a rancher. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the opposite. You know, with beef cows, you just put them on a field and let them eat and kind of do their thing for the most part. Whereas with the dairy cows, you know, you have to milk them every single day. And sure, you might have machines that do it, but you still need to hook them up every day. Whereas with the beef cows, I don't think they need so much attention. I could be wrong, though. I did live on a ranch, though, at one point, and I don't think the owner interacted with the cows all that much. Definitely not, like, on a daily basis like that. Okay, but this episode isn't all about cows, right? We're actually going to start talking about investing now. And so while Robert's analogy is a little bit flawed, I think there is some truth in the idea. If you want to fund a retirement or a lifestyle, if you have stock with capital gains and you sell it, it's gone. And sure, you could just sell the portion you need and the rest will continue to grow. And by the same token, if you buy a dividend stock, you're likely giving up some growth potential in exchange for that dividend. But I think this model actually works better with other asset classes, like real estate. If you sell a property, it's gone. 
you can't sell part of your home. But if you buy a cash-flowing asset, it really can support your lifestyle. And that's where I am in my own real estate journey. My goal is to get a cash-flowing property. And with that first cash-flowing property, I think it will help enable me to get more property in the future. So far, that journey hasn't gone very well, to give you a quick update. So far, I have found one suitable listing that was on the market all of four days before they stopped showing the property because there was too much interest in it. It's a crazy market right now, and it's too bad I'm looking to buy right now because boy, oh boy, is it a seller's market. But you don't determine the hand you're dealt with. You just determine how you play the game. Okay, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back. There's one more point I wanted to address from this email. That cash flow investing is, quote, less risky than capital gains investing. And in a sense, that could be kind of true. With cash flowing assets, I guess you do get some of your investment back sooner. And with capital gains assets, right, you don't get any money back until you sell it. So if the asset ceases to function, right, if the stock goes into bankruptcy, you may not get anything back with an asset you're investing for capital gains. But in a much more general sense, I say not really. That's not really true. In stocks, you can buy a lot of different stocks, invest in a diversified portfolio, and focus on capital gains, and it's not all that risky, really. And if you look at high-dividend stocks, in fact, some high-dividend stocks may be risky, and those stocks may not have much upward potential. In marketing, we talk about the life cycle of a business, and one of those cycles, funny enough, is called a cash cow. So this is the stage in a product's life cycle where it's generating a lot of cash and it's starting to pay off those early days when the goings were tough, when the product cost a lot of money to market and didn't make a ton of money. The next cycle after the cash cow though is decline. So perhaps a company that pays a high dividend is just a company that has a lot of cash and needs to get rid of some of it. On the other hand though, Perhaps a company with a high dividend is a company that doesn't have any productive uses for their cash, that they aren't investing in new projects, that they aren't developing new products. It's possible a high dividend company is a company in decline. That's just a thought to keep in mind, though. Another thought to keep in mind is that this isn't investing advice. No advice is being given, blah, blah, blah. So I want to hear from you, the listeners. What do you think about Robert's analogy? I think it can give some interesting ideas and prompt an interesting discussion. But I also think generalizations like that are sometimes not the best, in part because different methods of investing are good for different situations. One more thing to think about is taxes, that as you receive cash, that may be a taxable event, and as you get assets that produce capital gains, you don't realize your gains until later when you sell and so your taxes are deferred. Although to Robert's point, or the point I was making earlier about real estate, that may not be true. That as you create a cash-flowing real estate property, you may get cash now, and on top of that receive deductions and not have to pay taxes on the property now either. 
So in theory, you could have the best of both worlds. Lastly, speaking of newsletters, do you know the Frug Life has a newsletter, an email list? It does. And a link to it will be in the show notes if you're interested in subscribing. Perhaps you can put your new spam email address to use. Or your regular email, I don't care. Use whatever. Anyways, thanks for listening to today's episode of The Frug Life. I hope you enjoyed. Have a great week, and as always, stay frugal. Thank you.